0: I know I'm supposed to be. I'm preaching from the book of Mark, but you know, technology really disappointed me this morning. This whole week I was at camp, and uh, so I I had done up my sermon. I don't memorize my sermons. I like to have a manuscript, and uh, I was reading over them every every day, faithfully, just soaking up my mind. And this morning I came in the office, and uh, I tried to get it off my iPad, and I hadn't used my iPad for quite some time, and it won't update. So I was getting a little nervous. It's going to be a really short service, really short. But then the Lord brought in mind another message I preached many years ago and said, uh, preach that. So this is of the Lord this morning, amen, uh, because I can't get this thing to work. And rather than throw it out the window, that would not be good. Uh, we'll just go to God's Word, amen. And Joshua chapter 6, and uh, the title of my message is Steps to Success. Steps to Success. And uh, I'm not referring to financial success. If that's the message you're looking for, you're in the wrong church. All right? I'm not talking about fame. I'm not talking about popularity. I'm talking about following God. That's what I'm talking about. And I think there's a great need for us to be reminded of how we are going to have a successful life in the eyes of God. And uh, it's of the Lord this morning again that this message is being preached. So steps to success, Take your Bibles, Joshua chapter six, and uh, verse number one we'll start there. Now Jericho was straightly shut up because of the children of Israel, none went out, none came in. And the Lord said unto Joshua, "See I've given into thy hand Jericho, the king and the king thereof, and the mighty men of valor, and ye shall compass the city, all ye men of war, and go around about the city once. Thou shalt do six days, and the seven priests shall bear before you the ark, seven trumpets of ram's horns. And on the seventh day shall you compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow with the trumpets. There shall come the pass that when they make a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shout with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall ascend up, every man straight before him. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Dear Jesus, Thank you for another time to be together. And thank you for these dear folks. It is so good to see them. Well, you have assembled these folks this morning because there's a message that needs to be preached. And, Lord, I pray the message that will go forth will touch their lives. Lord, I encourage them in their spiritual walk. Lord, help them to be a success, not in the eyes of the world and in no other eyes but yours. Lord, I pray you be with us now in Jesus' name. Amen. Before I get any further, those who are going to get baptized, once I say we're going to have the uh, invitation, you want to head on downstairs and get ready, that would be great. I forgot to mention that earlier. So once the invitation starts, uh, you head on down and get ready. we look forward to that. All right, steps to success. Uh, If you're going to have any steps, if you're going to proceed anywhere, you're going to need power, right? Power. You need some sort of power. So this week I had seven- and nine-year-olds. Um. Some had power and some had none. Okay? There's this one this one little cute little guy that was in my cabin. His name was Caleb. And uh, Caleb would come to me. I'm not even trying to try to talk how he talks because he's such a squeaky little mouse voice. It's, and uh, he's like, Pastor, that was the best I can do. Uh, Pastor, I'll clean the cabin. <laughs> you can't even make your bed. You don't have the power to do it. And uh, I was thankful for his enthusiasm. And then when the bigger boys would show up and work, he would tell them where the dust bunnies were. So he was a help uh, in the cleaning of the cabin. But he could not do it himself. He didn't have the power. Uh, and we think about Israel here now. They're coming up against uh, Jericho. Jericho looked very intimidating. The walls, they're defensive. They're not offensive. They're defensive. The defense looked... Intimidating. All right? Yeah, I don't know if any of you have ever played hockey here. I'm sure some of us, good Canadian kids, uh, played hockey. And, you know, you're skating towards the shoot the puck in the other net, and there's these two big lumbering defensemen. You're a little intimidated. Maybe you just shoot it from the red line. Pew. Ah, I didn't score this time. You don't want to deal with the defense. And this is what was the case with uh, the children of Israel. They had to deal with this huge city. The walls were massive. Now, I have not seen the, uh, you know, ruins. I was not there. Some of the kids in my cabin thought I was that old this week, though. They called me old jolly fellow. That's that's one thing that came up this week. But at any rate, uh, I'm not that old to know what Jericho looked like, but I'm told the walls were 30, like, and it wasn't just one wall. It was two from what I'm told. Uh, one wall was 32 feet thick. That's huge. And then there was a, Opening a gap, again, I was told from a research I did, it was about 12 feet between the next wall. And that next wall wasn't as thick as the first one, but it's still 20 feet thick. I mean, it's massive. Huge. And you know that on top of them walls wasn't the the, the little Caleb's that I just talked about, right? Like, I'm not going to hurt you. No. There was these big dudes who were looking to harm Israel. Looking to hurt the men of God. And and so they needed some power to get through that. You know, in our Christian life, we need power, amen? We need power. We can't do it on our own. We absolutely need power. And the reality is, if you're here this morning, you can't even tap into the power until you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You you have to have a regenerated life. You You need to accept Jesus Christ and His gift is free, amen? You don't have to pay for it. There's, there's, no, there's no need of a deposit. It's simply accept, accept His gift by faith. That's all it is. As simple as that. Understand that you're a sinner and you need Jesus. You're not, you're not going to be able to have any power from God on high to get through this life. Oh, well, you might have a little, bit of, a little bit of strength in your own, but that'll soon fade, won't it? It doesn't last. We need God's power. And if you're going to have power for steps for success, you're going to need to know Jesus Christ as Savior. You know, uh, these folks here, Israel had seen some pretty amazing things. Some of them had saw the Red Sea open. Can you imagine? Now, I don't know if there is a room in heaven where I get to see these things. I hope there is because I really want to see that. The Red Sea opening and everybody walking across on dry ground. We were at camp this week, and it rained for a couple days. I mean, it took three days for the ground to dry up. So they weren't dragging the mud inside the cabin. You know, Moses hit that, you know, the water opened up, and it was dry! And away they went. Amazing! They seen power, didn't they? They saw amazing power, and they witnessed other miracles. I think about the Jordan River, another one. You know? And they went, and parted. What way they went across, the, the food that they, sustain, they had, and, and their clothes. So, I, I you know, I frequent the, the malls and places of clothing quite frequently, I feel. My clothes never last 40 years. You know, some say, yeah, they wouldn't fit you now if you did have them for 40 years ago. I understand that. Uh, but the reality is they don't last five years hardly. Their clothes lasted 40 years. Amazing. I mean, so many amazing things they saw, but that's because they were trusting God. God was They had placed their faith and trust in Jehovah. They were trusting Him and watching Him lead. So the regenerative life, we see that there's power through that. And that's the only source of power, folks. Only through Him. Not only do we, that's the first way of plugging into the power. So we need to be saved. We need to know Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. But we need to live a righteous life, Amen. You know, it's great that you're saved. Praise the Lord. You're on the way to heaven. That is wonderful. That's marvelous. But that is not liberty for you to live like the world. No, you need to live righteously. If you know anything about the story of Israel, you know that some of the men that went into the land of Canaan to spy it for the first time, ten came back and said, No way. You know, I don't know if you ever sang that song in Sunday school, Ten were bad and two were good. Hey, 10 were bad. They came back, gave horrible reports and said, no, we can't do it. And they tried to do it their own way. And all that generation died in the wilderness. Hey, Joshua and his buddy Caleb said, we can take it with God. They were connected. They were plugged in. To God, they were plugged into the source of power. They, had, they trusted in Jehovah, they trusted in God Almighty, the God of Israel, and they were saying, "God can do it. We're going to live righteously. We're going to do what's right, and God can lead us. God can help us." That's a great story, isn't it? The reality is, it can be true in your life too. You shouldn't be well. Well, it's that was years. That was a long time ago, Pastor. No, listen, that God saying God lives today. And we can trust Him. He hasn't faded away. His power has not diminished. And though the world around us is corrupt and wicked and evil, hey, our God still rules and reigns. And He's still in charge. Sometimes you read the newspaper, read the news, you're like, what is going on in this world? We can get in the good book and we know that God's still in control. He's still there. So we need to plug in the power. If we're going to, if we're going to get going and in doing what God has for us, we need to be saved, first of all. Understand that we're lost, that we need Jesus Christ the Savior, and accept His gift of salvation. Understanding that we can't do it on our own or any other God. It's Jesus Christ and Him alone. Amen? And then we need to make sure that we're living righteous lives, that we're doing what God would have for us to do. Second thing is planning. We need planning. I already read a few verses there for you about where God tells Joshua what is supposed to happen when they come to the wall. In verse number, actually really he starts in verse number 3, or verse number 2, the Lord tells Joshua what to do, compass the city. In verse number 3, the men of war, and then the priests shall go before you. Uh, and then seven trumpets of ram's horns, and seven days you shall compass the city seven times, and the priests shall blow the trumpets, and it shall come to pass that when they made a long blast of the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, all the people shall shut with a great shout, and the wall of the city shall fall down flat, and the people shall send up every man straight before him. That's the plan. Hey, I don't know if I would be really excited about that plan. Doesn't sound like a really good military strategy. I'm, we're gonna walk, which is good. I, I love to walk, and uh, maybe these men need to walk too, but the, the, walking around has never taken a city before. Especially one that has two huge walls. And it was on a nice uh, elevated point, so it made it even harder. Hey, that was God's plan for them. And we're going to see in a moment it was the best plan they ever had, right? The best plan they ever had. But we need a plan for our lives. You know, the only ones that don't have a plan is the government. And they do whatever they want. It seems that way. But if we're going to run a business, we need a plan, don't we? You, You need a put some goals and say we're going to try to do this this year and we're going to make sure we do this this year maybe our customer service needs to be better so we're going to put a plan in place to make that better hey uh, in school we need to have a plan you, you just come flying into school you don't show up at some college on whenever it is you've got to show up for college and show up and say hey I'm here and not accept it you never show put your marks in from high school or anything they'll be like you can go on you do not staying here you didn't follow the plan you know, and I think in our, in our own lives, you know, uh, uh, when we're having our families, what's our plan? What are we going to do this year? What, what's what we're going to do this week? My boys always ask me almost every night as they're going to bed. What are we doing tomorrow, Dad? I'm like, I just want to go to bed right now. Who cares about tomorrow? <laughs> I'm exhausted. Uh, you know, and, but the idea is that we need to have a plan. What are we going to do? Hey, I think church needs to have a plan. Amen. And it's to reach the world. And, and and it's just not as broad as that, but we need to have steps and like we did this year, laid out some objectives that we're gonna do and we're gonna reach. And I mentioned this year at the beginning of January, we're trying to get out ten thousand John and Romans and literature and things. Hey, we're at eight thousand now. That that I know of, I'm pretty sure is more than that, but what I have been able to tabulate and keep uh, you know, watch on, hey, praise the Lord, we're almost reaching our goal. But that doesn't mean we stop, right? No, we keep going if we reach our goal. We'll keep going and doing more. But the reality is we've got to set goals. We, we've got to have them for our lives. And, and it's the planning that God lays out for us. I, I really love the statement, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Hey, uh, just this week I was talking to someone at camp I had seen in a while. And we were talking, so we need to plan to get together. That's right, I said, because if we don't plan, it will never happen. The best intentions, and I mean it from all my heart, that we want to get together, our families, and have a great time, and you know all those good things. But if you don't plan it, it won't happen. So in our own lives, we need to follow God's plan for our life. And God has a plan for every individual here this morning. God has a plan for you. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, well, part of that plan is for you to live a righteous life. Uh, But these things, I think, will help you have those that righteous life and live the way you need to live. You know, you need to serve. That's God's plan for you. I mean, this is a very broad plan. Everybody has a specific, but this is very broad. And so it's for everybody. You need to be serving. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you need to serve. There's no way around. Hey, we look at Jesus. He served. Absolutely. We've been going through the the Gospel of Mark on most Sunday mornings, and we see that He served people. We see the compassion he had. I think about that blind man that he took out of the city and he led him along and healed his eyes. I understand we can't heal people, but we can show compassion. Do you think people in our world today need to know about compassion? They certainly do. We need to be serving. Well, helping that person come through the door. I'm so thankful for our ushers who help people in. I'm so thankful for folks in our church who minister to our children that come out and our Vacation Bible School. Praise the Lord for that. I think there's about 25 or so uh, kids who've been out so far uh, through the last couple of weeks. Some of them brand new. That's great. That's awesome. We get to serve them. A bunch of our folks went to camp this past summer, this past month of August. They were serving I'm gonna tell you right now, when you get in the bunk, and my week was easy, I went to bed early, at 11.30. You know, I was so glad to hit that, and, 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 my boys told me I snored really good this week too, so that means I slept good. Uh, so, you know, the reality is, it's serving, you're just pouring your life into other people. That's what it's all about, folks. It's about pouring your life, and you know where you go back to get charged up again, right? It's the Lord. So you get that cup filled up again so you pour it back into other people's lives. Aren't you so glad that our God has endless resources? He continuously charges us up. If we go back to Him and serve, He'll, hey, pour it into our lives. Hey, part of God's plan for your life in the Word of God is to give. Give up your time. That's part of serving. Give up your finances. Ouch, you don't like that. Who likes to give, right? I mean, I don't want, I want all my money. That's, that's the world we live in today. It's all for me. What can I stick in my pockets? What can I do to keep it in, in, in my pocket so I can have my fun? Hey, folks, we need to give to the Lord. And watch Him change lives. Amen? It costs money to get tracks. It costs money to reach out. It costs money to have vacation Bible school. It costs money to keep the lights on. Let's give and meet the needs and let's go even further and reach even more folks for Jesus Christ. Hey, that's what it's all about. Give. We need to give. We need to witness. We need to witness. Uh, I did not know that Ian would be here today, but I remember going to see Ian when his dear wife was alive. And she was in a hospital bed for a long time. I would go by and see Mrs. McLean. I could never call her Sylvia because that was never right. She was my, you know, it's always Mrs. McLean. I'll go see Mrs. McLean, and we would talk and chat. And I remember her telling me how she was witnessing to a lady who was coming in and treating her. You now, most times that I go see the Mcleans, I'm always encouraged when I leave. We spend time talking about God's Word. We we pray together. It's a time of encouragement. I left that day feeling pretty guilty because so often I fail to witness. Here was Mrs. McLean, bedridden, and she was taking every opportunity she had to witness for Jesus Christ. Oh, my. It stung home. I was like, wow, I missed so many. She was using the time that she had to witness for Jesus Christ. That's part of our mandate. That's what the Lord wants us to do. That's God's plan. You understand that He wants you to have a good testimony that goes in with that righteous life that we need to be living. He wants us to have a good testimony. Watch how we speak and how we live and how we act and make sure that the way that we do live and act and speak is the way that God would have us. And you know how you find that out, right? You'd be in God's Word. God's Word will help you understand how you should live. God's plan is laid out in God's Word. This week... Uh, uh, the camp speaker, Brother Ed Dunlop, did a fantastic job with our kids, telling them about how to know Jesus Christ as Savior, how to live good lives for Jesus. It was awesome, and he always brought it back to This is not Brother Ed. This is God's Word telling you to do this. Because you know, at the end of the day, if you just do it for man, you'll soon stop, because man will disappoint you. You'll find an error in man. You'll find that I'm not always perfect, I guarantee you. Don't ask anybody, okay? But I'll tell you right now, I'm not. But God's Word is true. Every word of it. You don't have to doubt an iota of it. It's all true. So get in God's Word, see what it says, and then try to live it the best that you can. And God will give you the power. You're plugged in, you're trying to do what you need to do, he'll help you. So really it comes down to you know you need to have daily devotions. And this week, you know, and I know in weeks in camp as well, that that was encouraged. Kids read your Bible, teenagers read your Bible, get in God's word, spend time in prayer. It is so so important. And I'll be honest, as I have dealt with people, and it's hard to believe that I've been in the ministry almost 20 years now, I know I don't look it, right? Maybe five, right? The way I look, uh, with all those gray hairs I have, okay? Uh, So, over those years, I found more and more of those people have the struggles, and I mean, we all have struggles, but those who can't seem to get any victory in their life, they don't spend any time in God's Word. They just ignore it. They might take it, they might take it to church. They might. Hey, if you're going to have victory in your life, if you're going to have the power to have success in the eyes of God, you need to be in God's Word. You can't ignore it. Why would you ignore the plan? This week, Pastor McLean told us what to do in certain things and certain times, and he expected us to know the plan. Because if we knew the plan, it helped things move smoothly at camp. That's fair. That's good. Hey, you want to have success in the eyes of God? Follow God's plan. Now, that, that, that's very broad. And I understand that everybody here, God has a very specific will for you as well. Maybe some of you this, uh, this summer at camp, teenagers, young people, have made decisions that, you know, I'm going to serve God. I'm going to give whatever God would have me to do. You don't know what it is right now, but you're just willing to do whatever God would have for you. Praise the Lord. That, that's a great thing that shows that your heart is in tune with God. God, if you want me to be a janitor, or if you want me to be a, a missionary, if you wanted me to be an engineer or an accountant or whatever, I'll do whatever you have for me, Lord. We all need to have that heart, amen? Just be willing to do whatever the Lord would have us to do. Just to follow. Just to see what He would have for us. Stay at it. Verse number 12 of this chapter. And Joshua rose early in the morning, and the priests took up the ark of the Lord. And the seven priests bearing seven trumpets of ram's horns before the ark of the Lord went on continually and blew with the trumpet, and the ar- uh, our men went before them. Uh, But the rearward came after the ark of the Lord, the priests going up and blowing with the trumpets. And the second day, they compassed the city once and returned into the camp. So they did six days. And it came to pass on the seventh day, they rose early about the dawning of the day. They compassed the city after the same manner seven times. Only on that day, they compassed the city seven times. And it came to pass on the seventh day, when the priests blew with the trumpets, Joshua said unto the people, Shout, for the Lord have given you the city. Now I was thinking about this—the steps to success. You know, we need to have power. We we need to know Jesus Christ as a Savior. We need to be living righteous lives, and we need to be following God's plan. And you know, obviously, things I mentioned: serve, give, witness, a uh, good testimony, being in God's Word, having that daily time—time time to set aside to be in God's Word, meditate, and praying. But I really think that this is a this part is a part that we really struggle with, and I'm just not saying. You, I'm saying me, I think everybody struggles with this. And that's perseverance. Just staying at it. Just staying at it. Uh, so, can you imagine the army of Israel? They've never been involved in any kind of siege warfare before. You know, they, they don't, they're not super well equipped for this. This is not their specialty. And they're told this plan. They don't have any other plan. They're going to follow God's plan. So the soldiers line up that morning, the first day. And they march around. Now, I'm sure the first day the soldiers on the, the walls of Jericho were probably looking down, saying, "What are these guys doing? They're probably watching to see if someone's going to charge the gate or whatever the case." And, and, and they're watching, observing. And then the second day they go out and do it. You know, by the third day these guys are thinking, "These the guys on the wall. These guys don't have a clue." You don't take a city by walking around it. And I'm pretty sure by this time, these men on the city walls were yelling things at those soldiers as they walked around. That's human nature, right? To mock Uh, I mean, I understand the Word of God tells us that Jericho was afraid of Israel, but I guarantee you there was men on that wall mocking and saying things and yelling out to the soldiers as they did what they were supposed to. They believed in God. They were living righteous lives. They were following the plan. They were walking and walking and walking. And I'm pretty sure there was men up there trying to discourage them from doing what they're supposed to do. Hey. Perseverance. Just the word does not sound easy, does it? Perseverance. It doesn't sound easy. All right? But the reality is it's not easy to be a successful Christian. Because we got to battle the flesh. Battle the flesh. Battle the flesh. It's a daily thing. It's a daily reality. That's why we need to be daily in His Word. Now, just because I had a great day on Tuesday doesn't mean I don't need to do anything else for the rest of the week. No, I need to get back in God's Word. I need to be encouraged. I need to be uh, edified to keep going. Maybe I need to be confronted by something I'm not doing right. We need to stay at it and stay at it. And sadly, sometimes there's other Christians who try to come alongside and they, they're discouraging. They're not helping you as you're in the fight, as you're marching against the enemy. They say things like, is it really worth it? Yes, it's worth it. Every day it's worth it. It's sad to see so many who just say, oh, I'm going to give up and go into the world. Why would you do that? You came out of there. Why do you want to go back? I mean, I understand we have our bad days and we, you know, we, we sin and, and things happen. Yes, I get it. But I never want to go marching back into the arms of where I came from. Yeah, through Jesus as I've seen the victories and the miracles and the wonderful things. Don't go marching back there. Don't lay down their armor and say, that's it, I'm done, I'm going, I'm going back. No. No, don't. Hey, you want to have success in your life? You need to follow God's plan. What well, God has laid out for you. It's not Pastor Alcock's plan. There's no other pastor here in this auditorium's plan or in this world's plan. No, it's God's plan. And who created this world? A couple people up front got it right, so let's try it again. Who created this world? God. It's His plan. Now this week... what? It was amazing that the, the, Brother Ed put up all the pictures of the universe and I can't even remember all the pal- planets he mentioned and all the galaxies, there's so many names. Okay, so many planets, and God knows all their names. Now you know in the city we don't see too many stars, right? You know, we just don't. There's so much light pollution. And I was sitting in camp and I could see the Big Dipper. I haven't seen that one in a while looking at it, like, yeah, it's so cool. It's like, beyond that, where I can't see with my eye or even with a telescope, there is galaxies and galaxies, and God knows everything about them. He made them with words. And this week at Camp, I used lots of words to encourage my boys to clean the cabin, You know what I found? My words fell on deaf ears. A lot of times. And I was in charge. Pastor proclaimed me be the captain of this cabin. Listen to me. And they, where they went. Hey, God has a plan for you. He knows your name. He knows what he has in store for you. Follow it. But the reality is it's going to take some perseverance. It's going to take day in, day out. But don't get too don't get too focused about 30 days out. Be focused about today, then tomorrow, and then the next day. I'm sure make some goals for the future. Yes, wonderful, good, awesome. But don't say I can't do it for 30 days. Do it for the first day. Do it for the second day. And do it for the third day. And you may make a speak on the fourth day. That's fine. Don't get off and say, I can't do it. No, keep doing it. Keep following God's plan. Keep being in His Word. Oh, I really believe uh, perseverance is the character of success. It's part of, the, part of the characteristics to be successful in life is perseverance. Because you got to persevere. I can think many years ago, uh, we, I was a youth pastor in, uh, St. John's, or Mount Pearl, Newfoundland, First Baptist Church, and we brought a bunch of teenagers to camp, yes. Uh, there wasn't any camp in Newfoundland at the time. There is now, praise the Lord. But there wasn't at the time, and, uh, we had a lot of friends, uh, in Ontario, and we brought a big load. I think we brought like 15 kids. I uh, will never do that again, but we did it. And it was a great time, good decisions made. And praise the Lord, you know, in that trip, there was a young fellow who surrendered to the Lord, got saved, and, you know, today he's assistant pastor in Ontario. Praise the Lord. It's wonderful. But I remember it was the last day, and this was, this was probably, man, it was about 18 years ago, I guess. Uh, maybe a little bit more, maybe a little less. Can't remember for sure. But uh, that that time, Pastor McLean would t- play tackle football. I don't think he does. That. I hope he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, but he did at the time, and I love football. I mean, I love football. And uh, so I was there, like, yeah, let's let's play. And uh, we were down to the last drive, and we had to make sure the other team did not score a touchdown. Okay, that was it. We had the lead barely. We just had to stop on this drive, and Pastor McClain was on the other team, and he's a huge football player. He loves to play football. He's a Denver Bronco fan, and he wears those shirts all the time, and he loves football. So there was, I don't know, eight, nine of us on the team. Uh, we all had certain people we had picked out to make sure that we took on the line or make sure they didn't get the ball. And there was this little guy. His name was Tim LaShawn. And Tim, now he was probably a little bit bigger than my Matthew, but he was a lot bigger than my Matthew, okay? And you know how small my Matthew is. He's like this, right? I don't know how he was in King Camp. He snuck in, I'm pretty sure. But he was there, and so Tim's like, who do I take? Who do I take? You were like, just stay out of the way, Tim. Just stay back there. You know, we don't want you to get hurt type of thing. And the, 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 the ball snapped, and the quarterback throws it quickly to Pastor McLean. and the guy who was on Pastor McLean couldn't take him. And all we could see was the dread of defeat. You know, and we're trying to chase him down, and all of a sudden, little Tim LaShawn, decides that he is the greatest tackler of all time. And he's running after Pastor McClain. And uh, I don't know, maybe those spurts of energy came upon him. And he, he jumped. Uh, we thought he might go for his legs, but he jumped. And somehow, I'm not going to say it was a miracle, but it was pretty close. He jumped up and got around Pastor McClain's neck. So legs are good, but necks are better. Because it's really important for breathing, Right? And, and Tim LaShawn, even though he wasn't that strong, he was putting his arms. He was giving Pastor McClain the, the b- greatest bear hug of all time. And that little extra weight and that little bit of extra <laughs> oxygen getting into his system slowed Pastor McClain down enough that we could all call him like blah, blah, blah on top of Pastor McClain. And we stopped him from scoring a touchdown. I mean, we got up, we we're like high-fiving each other, and that little Tim LaShawn, I mean, he was so happy. I took out Pastor McLean! Woo! And the reality is, if it wasn't for Tim, we would have lost. Tim persevered. I mean, if Tim would have just stood there and watched the run by, we'd be like, don't worry, Tim, we understand. We would, No one would have got mad at him, no one would have said a word to him, we would just accept. well, we would have complained we lost, but we would have accepted it. You know, little Tim Lashawn was persevering. He wanted to win, and this is what he could do to win. And he took down, and really, he took down Goliath in his world, okay? It was that big, the size comparison. Hey, I'm pretty sure there's things in your life today that are pretty huge. There's something that you're facing. I don't know what it is. You're facing something right now that looks like that big freight train that you can't stop. Hey, with the Lord's help. He can help you. Stop that train. Maybe it's a sin. Maybe it's a situation. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it's someone you really want to see get saved. Aren't you so glad that we can bring those things to our Lord and Savior? That we can boldly bring them to the Lord and say, Lord, I want to see my dad get saved. Or maybe I want to see my brother get saved. Or I want to see my sister get saved. Or I want to see my co-worker get saved. Aren't you glad that God answers prayer? Hey, folks, we need to stop coming to the Lord with our prayer requests. Like, I don't know if you really can do this. That's a waste. Don't even bother praying if that's the way you're thinking. Hey, I asked you to pray for my Uncle Ed just a couple weeks ago. And I was hoping in my heart, I knew the Lord could save him. I knew the Lord could save him. Obviously, it was his choice. And praise the Lord, he got saved just days before He passed away. Hey, that's the God we serve, folks. I don't have any special magi power that it just happens for me. It can happen for you. Let's come bringing it to the Lord and expecting Him to answer prayer. Especially when we're praying the way that God wants us. And we'll know if we're following God's plan. If we're being God's Word. Hey, God wants you. God wants every one of us here to have success in our life. And again, it's not in the eyes of the world. It's not a financial pyramid scheme. It's not about having your name written in the paper or your 15 minutes of fame on the Internet. Who cares? I want God to say when I get to heaven, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's not going to reverberate for eternity, but boy, it sure will be good to hear. Amen? Hey, be success in God's eyes. And the reality is, if you will be, there will be people will say, Man, you're, you're, "You're different. Praise the Lord, I'm different. Yep, I am. I, I've accepted that fact in my own life. I'm different. That's okay, because I'm serving Jesus. And there'll be people on the path, and sadly, there'll be some Christians who who won't help you in that path of trying to persevere for Jesus Christ. But you keep persevering." I'm sure some of the soldiers that marched around that city that time, they got a little discouraged. Or maybe they need to have a little pep rally with Joshua when they got back. Did you hear what that guy said? I mean, Those guys are mean. They're nasty. Hey, we're following God's plan, guys. Maybe Joshua said something like that. Hey, guys, men, soldiers, we're doing what God's told us to do. Hey, let's be encouraged. This is God's plan. And we're going to see him unfold it. Hey, the walls came down, didn't they? That seventh day, seven times. They blew the trumpets and the walls all came down flat. I remember as a kid, uh, we had, at the school that I went to at, at Mount Pearl, we had a uh, First Baptist Academy. We did a uh, play about the walls of Jericho. And uh, we had all the boxes uh, up here in the corner. And so we had to we we reenacted the story and we marched around the city. Well, you know, you get about 30, 40 kids on a stage marching. There's a little bit of reverberation, isn't there? And up here in this corner was all the wall and it was all uh, boxes. And a good friend of mine, Pastor Stancher, he wasn't pastor at the time, but he attended the school, he was there and he was supposed to knock the wall over. Well, about the sixth time we went by, the reverberations knocked the walls down early. And Pastor Stancher was like, type of thing can you imagine the faces I mean there wasn't anyone left in the walls of Jericho but can you imagine the faces of those in Jericho when they saw those walls fall down they knew then who God was hey let's be a testimony today today of the true and living God he wants us to be a success and he has given us the means he's provided he set us up for success have you ever worked for somebody and they're like go do this 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 and you have 15 minutes I're like okay I quit there's no way I can do all that hey God says follow me I will give you I will equip you so you can have success in your life you just need to follow the plan and then you need to persevere in the plan and then we will be successful in the eyes of God this morning is the question is do you want to be a success in the eyes of God in a few moments, we're going to have some young people follow the Lord and believers' baptism, which is fantastic. Hey, they're following the plan, amen? They are following the plan that God's laid out. You know Him as Savior. Step of obedience, a baptism. It's wonderful. It's amazing. What's stopping you from following God's plan? Oh, maybe you're saved and you're baptized, but you're just not living the way you know you should. And maybe right now the Lord is applying some pressure to your heart and life, and it's not me, it's not me, it's the Lord. It's God's Word that needs to apply the pressure to your heart and life. Hey, don't push it aside. Don't say, oh, I'll deal with that later, because you won't. Get taken care of today. Make sure that you're following the plan that God has laid out for your life. Dear Jesus... Lord, thank You for this time. Thank You for Your Word. Lord, we can get so caught up with the idea of the world of success that we forget, or we can forget, Your plan. Lord, I pray that if we're here this morning we don't know You as Savior, that we'll get that taken care of. We would accept You as our personal Lord and Savior. It's a gift. That we live righteous lives, Lord, as Christians. We'd follow Your plan. And Lord, give us the, give us the strength to persevere. Because we can become discouraged and disheartened. We can step back from where we need to be or where we ought to be. Encourage us, Lord, to stay in the race. Let's not worry about being first. Let's just be worried and be concerned and do what we need to do to just follow and finish the course well. I want to pray these things in Your holy and precious name. Amen.